from the third dimension. This is 3D or 2D.com's Duh 3D Show. Put on your 3D glasses now. If you're wondering what the 3D stand for, they are discussion, debate, and the news. We hope that you enjoy the show. Get it? The show? Duh. Duh. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The 3D Show 102. I'm Adolf, and I have with me the Jake. Say hi, classic Jake. Hi. Say howdy, new Jake. Howdy. Now, New Jake, what is our current date and time? All right, it is Sunday, August 22nd at 1.24 Eastern Standard Time. 2021. As you may know, things may change by the time you listen to this. It's an ongoing battle to fight the news and see what things happening and what things change and what things stay the same. And there's always details that leak after we record and can only do so much. So let's get to it. Uh, <laughs> New Jake, do you have some frustrations about that? Uh, a slight. Not major. I'm used to it by now. But it's still slightly frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating for all of us. And, you know, we, yep. we, we want to give you factual news. And we don't want to give you rumors. We don't want to give you fake news or, uh, you know. But it's, it's also one of those things that we don't always know the entire stories. And, you know, we got what we got from different press. But there's probably some behind-the-scenes stuff we don't know about. So the first story is a big one, that um, Scarlett Johansson is suing, or has sued, Disney because of the money with uh, Black Widow. Uh, Classic Jake, can you give us more details on this story? Yeah, well, uh, basically, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, kind of took a lot of crap over Black Widow. Mainly, I mean, because we've said several times on this podcast that it should have came out before Iron Man 3. And uh, her, and it was supposed to be her payday, and uh, and it wasn't. So she sued. And and it's, it's hope, if, hopefully they settle it, uh, or she wins, because Disney clearly did violate the contract. I mean, uh, they said that go to arbitration. Disney wants it to go to arbitration as fast as possible. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, Bob, this is on Bob Chapik. Mm-hmm. Now, the contract we don't know uh, details of, obviously, we never actually have the details of, but it did not mention streaming it day and date like the, um, for Disney premiere because when they made the contract, that didn't exist and the pandemic didn't exist. So Disney had to, hey, we got to get an option here to try to make money on, you know, digital releases as well. So they did that, which was a breach of contract, which obvious to anyone. Yeah. And uh, and Disney had made a deal with Dwayne um, Johnson over Jungle Cruise and they didn't with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I hope I hope Emily Blunt also got some sort of payback or whatever. Yeah, I haven't heard any reports on one way or another. It seems like she's keeping info tight. Yeah. I'm sure she... And there's also no word on what Emma Stone got about Cruella. I must have been pretty major to seal the deal for Cruella too uh, that soon. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Scarlet. It was multiple people because part of their money... Part of the deal was, you know, box office percentage and, you know, obviously having 
uh, a run on Disney Plus cuts into that where it cuts into their money. And um, Classic Jake, you mentioned this before, when Warner Brothers had the deal with HBO Max released in day and date, they cut the deal for the actors. So that way, you know, for the most part, most people are okay with that. Um, they're not too pissed besides Dune, but that's a whole other story. Um, for the most part, people are pretty okay with it. Um, they obviously fought it, and 2022's movies won't get HBO Max day and date releases. But for you know, they were able to at least try to make people happy behind the scenes. Where Disney just like, well, we got to make money on this, and we got to you know put it on digital. So they didn't. That wasn't part of the original contract, and they weren't able to get the money that they deserve. So I think we're all on Scarlet's side to fight Disney. <laughs> yeah. Well, she I mean, as a number. I know, but if she doesn't, we're really screwed when it comes to yeah. contract. Contracts won't be worth much. I mean, they're already getting pretty shaky, but we would have, I mean, that really protects uh, people when they work. And if they can just weasel out of money over thing like this, they'll, you'll, we'll, you'll, uh, it's just going to be bad. Well, I mean, Disney's already being more money grubby in the past week because with stuff with Disney world, where uh, you're going to have to pay to pay even more money to attend certain things. And, that that uh, skip the line system is going to be even more expensive than it already was. So, I mean, yeah, it just sounds know. like uh, seems like Bob Chapik is a bean counter. I mean, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we always kind of forget with movies and video games that it is a business, and business is first. So. You know, it's one of those things where they may need to make money off of this or else they're not going to continue making it. They're not making the Marvel movies because they like to. They're making it because it's profitable. And profit drives everything, and it's always part of the game. It's ho- it's Hollywood. It's show business, not show art. So mm-hmm. I understand Disney's point of view. I don't agree with it. Um, I think they should have cut a deal when the same time they announced the thing. But... I understand the business in a degree, you know, in a general idea, I understand the business motives behind this. I don't agree with it, but it is yeah. what it is. Well, I think part of it is there was a change in leadership at Disney and probably Chapik didn't know all the stuff dealing with Scarlett Johansson and how she uh, had to, what she had to endure under um, Putterman Bob and yeah, and Bob Iger, and just, and the merch, I mean, she didn't get a good cut of merch, because Ike Putterman didn't think anybody would buy Black Widow merch. Which is dumb. Yeah, mm. that's why there was so much unauthorized Black Widow merch at every uh, print-to-sell uh, website on the internet. Well, I mean, I think it's mainly stemming from all the Star Wars Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker merch, because historically that hasn't sold very well, and he probably based that, well, it's because it stars Rey, a female, versus, well, these movies just aren't good. Yeah, and uh, the and the fan base uh, doesn't want that stuff, and the general yeah. populace 
wants the original trilogy stuff. Yes. I still want the original trilogy on 4K that's uncut. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole other story with Lucas. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, one thing I will add about the whole Star Wars thing and Lucas, uh, I don't care that he changed the movies. What I cared about is he tried to obliterate the previous versions. Oh. So, I know some people are saying, well, what do I care? You know, so if a millionaire fights with a billion-dollar corporation, why should I care? Well, you should care because, look, you know, pe- actors don't just do it for the art. They do it for the money, too. And um, I know it sounds like I'm siding with the millionaires, but the thing is, when you live that lifestyle, you're expecting to have that lifestyle continue to a degree. And, you know, just because you made $5 million on this movie or that movie doesn't mean you have to plan that out. You have to plan for the mansion and the cars, expensive lifestyle you're already used to. And you need to keep getting those paychecks and keep getting X amount or else you'll go broke, which a lot of different, you know, movie stars go broke because they don't handle their finances correctly. And that's why they have these contracts to make sure that they can have that stable income. Because art, you know, art and movies is quite a fickle, fickle place where one day you'll be hot and next day you're cold and no one wants to touch you and you're not going to make any movies or or TV shows or whatever. And you could be totally screwed, you know, right pretty quickly. So you have to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, our apocalypse made it even worse. I mean, do, do you think this is going to have a ripple effect in Hollywood, not just for ScarJo? Like, do, do you think that she'll be blacklisted from other movie studios? And then do you think people's going to be afraid of suing major Hollywood studios because of a lack of back pay? Uh, I think she might get a little bit of a gray list, not a full blacklist. And I think the studios are going to scramble with streaming language in contracts. I mean, they should have already kind of sort of done that, but I, I get yeah. it. They probably thought they could slide a few years before the unions got involved. Yeah. Um, I think it also depends how the final product, you know, the final resolution to the lawsuit ends, which I, I still think pretty concrete there that Scarlet's going to win and they're just going to have to eat it up and shut up. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there might be some retaliation there and it might be some, but also one of those things where it was also the end of Scarlett Johansson's career, the Marvel cinematic universe. I don't think there was going to be a black widow two or a cameo for that character again. I think that was it. I don't, I, I not naturally don't think so might as well get your bunnies now before it's gone forever. I mean, yeah, I mean, she still probably is going to receive money for a long time for all the movies she was in the Black in the Black Widow uh, universe, whatever. Like all the Marvel movies she was in, she's probably going to get residuals forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not going to be the same as actual being inside Avengers Five or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. right. So we have another controversy with another character here with uh, Shang Chi. Um, do you, Jake, do you know anything about this story or no? Yeah, uh, the, the star of Shang-Chi, which I, I can't remember his name, but, uh, he, he was very upset that his movie was called Experimental and pretty much told Disney to F themselves. 
Classic Jake, do you have more to elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Bob Chapik again. Um, <laughs> he's uh, a bean counter, and he's just like, oh, we're just throwing it out there, and, you know, and and Sima was just like, F you. <laughs> I mean, t- to be fair, I would take offense to it, too, because the a- the Asian uh film thing hasn't really been like they, they, they've been kind of downplayed as like Asian movies don't do well at the box office that's why it's considered experimental which it really sucks <laughs> yeah I mean we've had a couple of flukes yeah um, like uh, Crazy Rich Asians probably mm-hmm. for recent example huge mm-hmm. hit yeah and also Aqua <laughs> Yeah, and Aquafina has become a big deal. But I mean, I get what Bob Chapik was saying because Free Guy and and Shang Chi were quote unquote experimental because it's forty five days until it hits digital services. But he he should have worded it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand how it blew up and why it blew up because you know that's his career and you know. I assume that he did a great job. I, don't, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but, you know, you don't want to, your boss to say, well, you know, we're just experimenting with this movie. And it, it just sounds bad. And it sounds, I don't think it was really intended that way, but he should have phrased things better. And Yeah, uh, and Disney's already kind of irritating the Chinese <laughs> already. So this just adds to it. Yeah. Because Disney actually had to, and Marvel had to say specifically, no F- Food Man shoe in this movie. That whole storyline is out, you know, because they're worried that China's going to say, no, we're not going to have it here. And because China, ultimately, the Chinese government gets to decide what movies go out in China. And if they decide no, well, if they're pissed already before it comes out and they're like, oh, this is going to be racist, you know, Western crap, we're not going to release it, then that's a huge amount of money they can't make in China. And mm-hmm. so but they also uh, they, they like they've even had a small controversy with the movie yet again, because uh, there's like instead of Mongolian lettering in the rings, it's been converted to Mandarin, if I'm not mistaken, Mandarin Chinese into the ring. Mm-hmm. Which comic book fans are still kind of steamed over because, you know, it's like, oh, it's Disney's pretty much just submitting to China. I don't think China cares uh, about this in particular, but I do know uh, they do care about the Mandarin. I mean, I know comic book fans are going to be mad at me, but I'm sorry. He's a racist character. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I understand the change. They also changed the rings. They're not actual, like, finger rings. They're armbands, you know. Yeah, they're bracelets. They're different. Kind of, yeah. Friends. Yeah. yeah, they want to differentiate them from um, Thanos's, gl- even though it's a glove, not rings. They also might have thought they can't sell rings to little boys. <laughs> so uh, maybe. <laughs> so I, I kind of worry that you know I think Disney and Marvel were like, okay, let's. Why they brought Ch- uh, Shang Chi back for this movie is that they want to experiment and have different things. It can't all be you know super duper Western Iron Man you know characters like that. 
they want to have uh, you know more a diverse idea and diverse characters and i applaud them for that you know i i was worried before blank panther pay came out that it wouldn't do well and i was imagining that it would you know i imagine that some disney people were very hesitant to even make a black panther movie but they did yep. and i'm glad for it and i'm definitely glad for this movie and you know, there is a diverse selection of Marvel characters and experimenting and having a Kung Fu movie when everything else has been pretty much standard, you know, to a degree sci-fi, you know, comic book style. You know, they have experimented with some spy stuff with Black Widow and uh, Winter Soldier, but still, this is outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, Marvel wants to expand out and have this change up and have these different characters for a new phase and you know it's like okay we're gonna try to have different kinds of people because we have a big selection and we want to get a big wider audience and have make things different they can't all the stories have have iron man in it they, or hulk they can have different characters and that's how you keep things fresh so i understand it um why some of the ideas behind marvel why they want to do shang chi and you know having the whole being an experiment is it sounds bad it sounds like well you're just doing it because you know you want to make money in china and you know we're experimenting you know that it sounds bad i understand disney you know i hate to always kind of side with disney but i also also okay there's another thing going on here too about about china and disney okay china traditionally only allowed like maybe a dozen western movies into their market a year and what disney used to do is and the the way to get around this is you can make a movie in china and it doesn't count as one of those dozen movies so what disney would do is they would do a local production co-production shelve it so it wouldn't get released or it would only get released on home video in Asia. And then they would slot one of their Western movies, like Little Mermaid or whatever, into that slot they created with the co-production that they maybe spent upwards of of four or five million U.S. for. And uh, they uh, really uh, hurt some careers pulling that stunt a few times. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that you're going to go with, like, Disney uh, doing what Nintendo, what video game makers did with Nintendo in the 80s. Um, New Jakey probably know about this, where Nintendo only allowed X amount of games to be released on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And so, with each company to try to avoid a bunch of junk on the system. So, a bunch of different companies made these shell companies and released more games that way, so that way they could release things. Um, you know, there's always a ways around things to get your business done. So, oh, yeah. yeah, Disney is, is uh, you know, fumbling the ball here and messing up some things that really shouldn't be messing up with. They should be smarter than this. They should be know what to say and how to handle things. So Disney, you know, I understand why what Disney is doing, but I don't agree with it. Yeah. And, and it's just uh, kind of dumb. They're kind of out of control because their response to Scarlett Johansson's uh, lawsuit sounded like uh, some toxic game developer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 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 A chill from a certain developer? A certain Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could hear him. Uh, yeah, I could hear it in his voice. <laughs> but <laughs> that statement. Do you think uh, the response for the 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 shareholders, like the stockholders, whatever for Disney? Do you think this will be a way to force Chapek out potentially with his troublesome remarks? Maybe. Or his, uh, it's, it's kinda, I, I that's a, a serious possibility. Because he's, he's only been in the for like, what, a year, if that? Yeah, I mean, and Iger was around. I think they're wishing they kept Iger around longer. <laughs> yeah, I think it just kind of depends on the results of the movies. If this controversy kind of, ta- you know, makes Chang-Chi into not as big of a hit because people are like, well, I don't want to see it because of Disney or I'll wait you know, 45 days and watch a Disney Plus instead or whatever, if it impacts the, the sales, which I have no idea how Shang-Chi is going to do, I imagine it's going to be a success because, hey, it's a Marvel movie and it's a newer property, newer to most people. I think most people don't know Shang-Chi. If you, you know, if you walk down the street randomly and say, do you know who Shang-Chi is? They won't know. Um, so compared to if you walk down the street, hey, do you know who Iron Man is? And like, oh yeah, of course, you know. So yeah. it, it's it, it it might hurt and it might not. I think it might be the, the the shareholders might wait a couple more months and then decide if they are really pissed and if things are different. But yeah, it's Disney's making these stupid mistakes and they need to get their act together. And it's just dumb. It, 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 they should. This lawsuit shouldn't have happened, and this experiment thing could have been handled better. It's just unforced errors that are damning the Disney. And you know, you worry about the future of Marvel Cinematic Universe if you know things are just gonna are falling apart now and cracking now. Are we gonna get to Avengers five eventually? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like James Gunn, after he does Guardians 3, he's done. Going back to uh, DC and hopefully making good movies. Yeah. All right, let's uh, continue on with that to uh, uh, something a little bit more fun. Uh, a Blu-ray got announced. Uh, Robot Monster 3D? I don't know Woo-hoo! what this is. Woohoo! <laughs> This is one of the great trash movies of all time. Better Bill than Tucker. E.T. This is considered, yeah, some people consider this the worst movie ever made. Okay. Uh, and I'm a, and I'm almost ashamed at how many times I've seen this movie. I've never even heard of it. Oh God, I've seen this in 3D and on the big screen dozens of times. <laughs> this is this is an awesomely bad movie. This is like the first fan sci-fi movie ever made. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> yeah, Phil Tucker became a 3D filmmaker b- based on the G.I. Bill because um, he was a veteran. Ed Wood got into filmmaking and uh, they both have a very similar style of filmmaking. Awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. But compelling. You will be <laughs> Bill Tucker movies are not boring. Uh, I, uh, some of his other, uh, he did a uh, movie with Lenny Bruce, Dance Hall Racket. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just, I'm just saying, I'm a big fan, and I can't wait for this release. And the 3D is awesome too. 
So uh, the 3D Film Archive, our friends there, are going to be making it because they got way more than the need money they asked for on their Kickstarter. They asked for ten grand and they got sixty. And they still have hours to go, so it may even get more than sixty. But yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna make this into a 3D Blu-ray, and this is a 1957 or 19 around there movie. It, it, the pictures of this look ridiculous. It looks like an ape with a robot head. Ro- yeah, Roman is uh, uh, is basically an ape with a diving helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a SpongeBob episode almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, George Barrow uh, who. He's a guy in Hollywood who made his own gorilla suit, and he had a career just playing a man in a gorilla suit. Sometimes it's supposed to actually be a gorilla. Sometimes just a case like this, where he just takes the gorilla head off and wears a diving helmet. Jesus. Uh. This looks like a kind of movie that Mystery Science Theater, which they did do, actually had a, a, a review of because it's so cheesy, corny kind of movie. They released this a couple of years ago, so they did Robert, you know, Robot Monster. Um, they didn't watch it in three D. I, I, I don't think they did, but yeah, this is like that kind of caliber bad movie, but fun bad, right? Yeah, okay. this is a Sharknado of uh, of the three D of the Golden Age of three D. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So, Classic Jake, you're excited for this, obviously. Oh, yeah. Let's hope they get Catwoman on the moon. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, keep going here. We got... uh, So, we got these these deals that uh, with uh, Warner Brothers and AMC. So, for 2022, uh, they're going to have a 45-day window which now I think is becoming industry standard, that you get a theatrical run of 45 days. After that, it'll go on to HBO Max or Disney or whatever. So um, now AMC has that with WB movies coming out next year, 2022. So makes sense. Um, Now, obviously, the theatrical landscape in 2022 is going to be very different than it is now. Um, But hey, you know, the... Theaters are getting their deals and they're clawing back their timed exclusives for now. Yeah, things are changing. Uh, like I've said, this is uh, movie theaters are facing the same same threat arcades faced when uh, real gaming systems got released. Yeah, it was really hard to justify going to the arcade to play Mortal Kombat Two when you could buy it at home in Genesis. <laughs> Yep. You know, so it's one of those things where it became really expensive in the arcades, and then, hey, you could just buy it for 50 bucks and have it and have more, you know, better quality experience and not have to go. So that's why Super Nintendo and Genesis really started to hit, because you could get basically, you know, it, it, when the triple graphics, not triple graphics, the, the 3DO released with all the actual arcade ports. You know, after that point, you could, you know, you didn't get that many good uh, arcade games. You probably got some here and there, but still, you could get a better experience at home with, you know, starting in the Super Nintendo time and keep going after that. 
So, yeah, I imagine theaters are no longer the best place to always see a movie. Um, I've had some better experiences watching stuff at home on a Blu-ray than I have watching it in the theater sometimes. Sometimes theaters mess up the projection where the Blu-ray always works. Or, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's no longer that bad to watch a movie at home where, you know, 50, 20, 30 years ago, it was pretty bad to watch a VHS at home compared to the theater. Now, watching a 4K disc at home, that's pretty nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with uh, Classic Jake that it's going to be rough going for theaters, and uh, which leads us nicely to our next uh, segue, uh, which is movie theater owners are not opposed to vaccine mandates. So, there was a big hubbub in America with vaccine passports. And now it's starting to come back around where people are like, yeah, let's do that. And let's do that for movie theaters. So that way people feel more comfortable. Um, now I've been in the theaters and I've seen a lot of people without masks on. I, I feel comfortable um, not wearing my mask when I'm in the theater, but walking around the lobby and stuff, I'll put my mask on. No problem. Um, I'm vaccinated. So what are you guys' thoughts on vaccine mandates for to see the movie theaters? I mean, it's common sense. Yeah. Of course, there's other people who uh, don't agree with that, but it, it's just common sense, you know? You're, you're ruining the fun for everybody by not being vaccinated because your uh, quote-unquote freedoms are being vi- violated. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and movie-going is a family affair, and there aren't vaccines for children yet. Right. So these, so these, so parents are thinking, do I really want to put my kids at risk for somebody uh, shows up with free dumb on their mind and gets my kids sick? Yeah. Plus it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I'm expecting to happen, which I think is inevitable is that, a theater, someone will get COVID from going to a theater and they'll have that connection and that's going to just ruin the market for theaters because, you know, they say they're cleaning out the theaters after each movie, but there's going to be some idiot that goes to the theater with COVID and just sneezes and coughs everywhere and other people get COVID and they that that's when they figure out where they got it from and it's the theater and damn, then everything falls apart because no one's going to want to go to the theaters anymore. And that's going to be a big news event. And I think that's going to happen. Some point now, before the end of 2021, it's going to happen. Uh, may not be in America, maybe it's in, in, in other part of the world, but I just imagine that is inevitable. And there are ter- movie theater people, owners, are terrified of that idea because you know they, they're starting to get people come back, but which leads another segue. Numbers are not that good for 2021. We've been open in America for almost all the year, um, and the numbers are worse than 2020. <laughs> worse. So, I don't, yeah, that's awful. And 2020, they understood, oh, well, we're closed, and for most of the time, and they only had a couple releases, but when 2021 is still worse... Yeah, theater train theater owners are pissed, and we're like, "Hey, we're putting all this money and trying to do stuff." And hey, it, um, if you don't, if you 
get COVID and you walk in the theater and infect other people, people are going to get mad. So it's not a good time to be a theater owner. Well, you know? uh, they should up their game. Uh, because my experiences since they reopened after shutting down, they're worse. Presentation sucks, pretty much. Uh, they have less employees, and the tickets are substantially higher, and the concessions are substantially higher. So uh, they sort of, d- and there, uh, there's a few chains doing things like five dollars for second run movies that you can uh, rent at Redbox or buy, or rent online for cheaper. So I don't know how that's going to work out for them. The the mandate is also going to be start something impossible to uh I don't know how they actually do that. How do you implement mm-hmm. that? Because are you going to have people who have their card and you have to see the card before you buy a ticket? Well, you know, there's a lot of people forging those cards right now, so um people buying tickets online, how are you going to make them show a I then you I mean, get probably, into stuff at the. They have so few employees. How are they going to um, enforce? Yeah. So that's where it gets really hairy because okay, cool. This you know Regal or AMC or uh, Cinemark. Okay, you know theaters. You have to have a COVID vaccine to watch a movie. Well, you know that's going to be a lot of people that don't get vaccines going to get really pissed. And they're not gonna. They're gonna protest and make a big hubbub on Facebook. And are they, can a theater really, you know, do that? And you know, expect not to be a big blowback. I agree, it's common sense. I understand that you know they don't want to get sued from later on somebody, you know, getting sick from a theater experience. But it's it's also you're also putting yourself out there to basically be screwed um, either way. Well, yeah, things are going to get interesting, that's for sure. So right now, um, I have some numbers here. Um, 2021, so far, um, maybe a couple weeks out, has made $1,053,000,000. And in 2020, it made $1,800,000,000. So that's a decrease. And yeah, and one Marvel movie used to bring in box office like that. Yeah, is that worldwide or just uh, domestic? Worldwide. So those numbers are are scary, and they're they're pretty big difference. Now we don't know exactly how much money different uh, places have made. I know Disney has said that uh, certain movies have made good money on Disney Premiere, but some of those digital releases. We don't know how much of that is making them enough money because they don't want to publicly release that unless it's really big. So I don't know if HBO Max is really hurting certain movies or not. I don't know. I mean, Suicide Squad, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're probably going to see a downturn in film production. I think the days of the big budget... A high special effect blockbuster may be winding down. Yeah, and I think that is an indicator. Obviously, we're in a weird spot because 2021, vast majority of the movies were 2020 movies that got delayed. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So a lot of these movies are have, are, are just kind of sitting in the vault, ready to go whenever they're done. But you know they're done. I mean they're just ready to get theatrical released. So you know we haven't gone to making twenty twenty two movies or twenty twenty one movies yet. They've already made some and finished wrapping up on some, but to start planning for 2022 and 2023, those plans are probably start getting halted or putting the brakes on those plans for the future because movies take years to make. Even if you fast track things, you could be, get lucky and get it done in a year at and during the best of times. But most of the time it takes two to three years to make a movie, to shoot it, to edit it, to get it up and, that time with COVID throws everything out of whack. And if you don't have a guarantee that you're going to make a good amount of box office, then why bother making a movie that costs $700 million to make? And if, if you can't guarantee that you'll make a billion and a half from it. That's, yeah. that's the future. You'll probably see a return of uh, with the mid-range movies. You know, the stuff that's, you know, under $20 million. Yeah, mid-range is going to be a big deal next couple of years because I can't imagine spending a lot. And small-range stuff, that's going to go directly to digital. I guarantee you that. Some of this mid-range stuff is going to digital. Or it gets a two-week release and then... Because, I mean, that's what uh, Amazon did with Annette. Yeah. So, yeah, Amazon and Netflix... And Apple, they're going to be buying up the small stuff, the stuff that's cheap, that is, you know, one or two million to cost to make. Oh, heck, one of them might even buy Sony. Yeah. Which leads us to our next segue. Classic Jake, what is the segue about Sony? Ah. Uh, let's see. Ah. Uh, I'm just looking here on the list. Ah. Uh, I am having brain death here, Adolf. All right, Hotel Transylvania Four to skip theaters from Sony. Ah, uh, I sorry, I forgot that damn movie was a Sony movie. <laughs> I actually kind of try to forget it even exists. But yeah, they took a hundred million dollar uh, payday to release it on um, Amazon. Amazon. That uh, seems awful. Yeah, but I don't know what business the third one did. I mean, I think it made. I refused to see it. <laughs> um, it. It did pretty big in 2018. I think it was still over a hundred million dollars. Like each one of those was a hundred million dollar hit, and they're they're fairly cheap. So the total box office for Hotel Transylvania three. Um, was five hundred and twenty-eight million. Yeah, half a billion dollar purchase. I mean, this one doesn't have Adam Sandler, so that's probably why they got it for relatively cheaper than you know, like give us four hundred million dollars and we'll sell it to you. Yeah. So uh, domestically, Hotel Transylvania Three: Summer Vacation made one hundred and sixty-seven million. Um, international 360, so a total of 528. This is from Box Office Mojo. Um, and the budget, uh, I can't imagine the budget being that high. Uh, I don't know the budget for sure, but being animated, 
I imagine it not being that high. So a lot, half a billion dollars worldwide for the third movie. So setting it for a hundred million is is pretty big. And also, you know, it's not going to make money. It's going to just be advertisement for Amazon Prime. Hey, we got this movie. We got this movie. We got this movie. Come to Amazon Prime. Get, you know, get your movies here. Buy your stuff here. Whatever. It's the business side. This is just a get. This is get people in to see, you know, oh, you want to see the Tomorrow War? Amazon Prime. Oh, do you want to see Cinderella 2021? Amazon Prime. Oh, do you want to see Hotel Transylvania 4? Transylvania? Go on Amazon Prime. That's the point. That's the point is not to make money on this. The point is to get people to come to Amazon. <laughs> Who want to see those movies, though? <laughs> well, there's always people that want to see movies, and being the fourth movie, people know what to expect from the Hotel Transylvania franchise. And, you know, I established IP and IP with characters, you know, with, uh, with the actors, you know, is always going to be profitable. People know what Cinderella is. People know what Hotel Transylvania is. Even if they haven't seen this version of Cinderella, and they know if they like Chris Pratt, even if they don't know about the Tomorrow War, which, by the way, sucks. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> Um, I reviewed that for the patrons, but yeah, um, it's, it's, so God knows if we're ever going to get this on 3D Blu-ray. If the 3D version exists, which I'm probably sure maybe have, who knows if we'll ever see it, right? Um, I mean, just keep an eye out in Germany. That's where it's most likely apt to show up. Keep an eye on, uh, Australia because they've been like where they got Jumanji 3 in 3D. I'm keeping an eye on Australia too. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I'd also keep an eye on Asia, because the Crouching Tiger sequel got a 3D release in Asia. Don't forget there's a Crouching Tiger sequel until you mention it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew that was a Netflix movie, but... Yep, and it got a 3D release in Asia. Hmm. So, going back to Hotel Transylvania, Transformania 4, <laughs> um, obviously none of us were excited for that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've dodged yeah. a bullet because it's we don't have to review it. Of course, I don't think we would have because we uh, we had a complete staff revolt. We all I, refused to watch it. New Jake would have done it. Yeah, I, I'd take a bullet. Um, I mean, I had to review Adam's family too. So there's more interesting parts to this besides us hating this movie. Specifically, they said that they've been looking for, Sony said they're looking for alternatives to releasing it in box office for about a year now. So they already were ready to dump it. And two, <laughs> that because they specifically say the Delta variant of COVID and no vaccines available for children under 12, they didn't have confidence they could make its money back. So they were ready to sell it. So COVID right there being a main contributor to a movie going from theatrical to um, now having a, a digital only release. And Amazon Prime is available worldwide, I think, right? Basically, besides like China and, you know, some countries that refuse to censor things. I think Malaysia, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Um, did Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, ever get a 3D Blu-ray release, uh, New Jake? 
No, just the digital on Voodoo only. Uh, there, there's been a, uh, I, I, I guess, gray market disc being made from streams such as like the Voodoo, but never an official 3D release. So, like that, on a GIF. yeah. So, getting an official 3D Blu-ray release of this is very unlikely. Um, we'll see. You know, Sony still has the rights to distribute it, did you know, physically and having that. But it's going to be on Amazon Prime, and obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if they have, you know, Amazon to, you know, as an exclusive thing to order to buy <laughs> the disc version. That might be something yeah. they do. Um, but we may stores probably before Christmas, honestly. Yeah, or they might pull uh, an exclusive window and then general release. Yeah. Now, with uh, Voodoo and Fandango now merging and things changing, have they like said anything about 3D streaming in the future, or is that still happening? Do you know? I, I mean, they still got the titles on there, but I haven't seen anything new in like a couple of years, so I don't know, honestly. And Voodoo is, used to be owned by Walmart, and then got bought up by Fandango. So that might be something to look in, into, because that's currently, Voodoo is the only place you can stream 3D in America, right? Uh, there's VR. Yeah. Okay. And it's not really developing developed yet. It's still kind of in its infancy, but... It seems like uh, people are liking VR because it's got affordable. Yeah. I guess Voodoo might be the biggest uh, place you could find 3D movies to stream in America. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Legally. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this does signal something. Are we going to get more animated movies toward kids getting pushed back to 2022? And or get digital release because of this. Is this going to be the carry the canary in the coal mine that gives everyone a go? Let's get this to Netflix. Let's get this to Apple. Let's get this to whatever Paramount. Oh, I mean, I know MGM is keeping the day for uh, uh, Adam's Family too, but they've also announced that it's also going to be available to stream on premium services. So I guess like Voodoo for probably like thirty bucks to rent or whatever. So it's already kind of seeing the rippling effects. Mm-hmm. We'll see, because that, that depends on what Adam's Family 2 does, the box office. Yeah. Now, um, we got something interesting there with Paw Patrol coming out this weekend. Um, and it's, I guess, a success? I mean, it looks like it's going to make maybe $13 million for the weekend, which obviously Paw Patrol is garnered toward the smaller kids. Um, but there's definitely yeah. people that appreciate Paw Patrol that are older. But it's definitely a, a animated movie for kids, and Paramount just went ahead and released it. Now, we don't have a release date for Clifford. That got pushed to who knows when. So maybe that's going to get you know a digital release somewhere. Um, but Adam Stanley, you said you're right. They did say that they're interested, but they can't really do it, a move because they have like all these other agreements with toys and such, which right. that's what happened with... Uh, you know, Trolls World Tour last year that they had to release it because they had all these other arrangements with toys and, and movies and whatever and, you know. But, but how, did, how did Universal do that with the uh, uh, Minions 2, I guess, technically? 
because I've been seeing their toys for two years. <laughs> they're still they're like they're at Dollar Tree, but they're still producing stuff. And that movie got delayed till next year, so it's been on hold for two years. How do they get away? They had the stuff was already produced. It was too far in the pipeline. Yeah. So other animated movies that might get pushed into digital. Um, the Ron's Gone Wrong. That might get pushed to digital. Who knows? Yeah. Or Enchanto. Yeah, Enchanto might. Uh, Rumble. Well, Rumble got pushed already to next year. Yeah, yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to digital and we don't get it in 3D. Oh, the the 3D trailer was so pretty. I'm kind I'm kind of sad about that. Even though the movie looked like crap. But. Yeah, they've been heavily advertising Sing too. I don't think that's gonna get pushed into streaming. I think they want that to be in the theaters. Sing made a ton yeah. of money, and that's coming out right before Christmas. So I I, I think Sing is pretty much locked in, but. Ron, Ron's gone home? Hell yeah, that's probably going to go on Disney+. Plus. Unless there's some kind of contracts or something that stop it. Yeah. I mean, D- Disney's probably not going to probably not let that one go to streaming just yet. It might get pushed to next year, but who knows? Yeah, and I think I think Encanto is it's gotta, you gotta see how things are between now and November because things yeah. aren't looking good, but uh, I know a lot of people on Pixar were really pissed that um, Luca didn't get a theatrical release. So, yeah, or at, le- at least here, <laughs> Luca is a pretty great movie, though. I really enjoyed it. Hey, I need to see that movie still. Again, another thing you can see on dis- on our Patreon. I review that, and um, so if you want to go on our Patreon, you get to have our review. But yeah, I, I think. I don't know for sure what's coming out in 2022 animated-wise, but this might be something they think about. It's something that studios and corporate heads are really considering because who knows when a COVID vaccine for kids are going to go up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really bad COVID kid stories going around that kids are dying from it and getting seriously ill from it, where kids weren't getting that ill from it last year. Um, this year it is a big deal, and that might be a big consideration for future animated movies and ki- and specifically kids movies like Clifford. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's a plus in that case. <laughs> or we might see. Uh, well, right now animation's the easiest thing to do because you don't have to be on set together to create an animated movie. We uh, might see more adult anim- animation or teen-driven instead of younger children because of the marketplace being yeah. damaged because parents aren't going to want to take their small smalls to the theater and put them at risk for getting the Delta variant of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think people gotten used to having animated adult stuff now. So I think that's not too hard to imagine that more teen related stuff is in the coming, you know. Um I think Harley Quinn's a pretty big hit. That's that's an animated movie. Um what's that Amazon animated superhero movie? There's a TV show. Invincible. Oh yeah. and South Park is evergreen. Yeah. Yeah, like they're they're 
more movies. Like they yeah. used to like movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need another South Park um cinematic adventure. <laughs> so definitely they could do um animated voiceovers over Skype or Teams or whatever, um, Zoom, you know, whatever FaceTime, whatever streaming online services they want to use for you know, chats, they can definitely do that. And I think for the most part, they could probably get really good quality, if not equally good quality as going to a studio, but not exactly the same. But obviously that's going to be easier to do than, you know, a big budget blockbuster. So you might get some more animated movies for teens in the next year or two. You know, some of this is still going to be, in flux because 2022 movies are going to be 2021 movies and 2022 is going to still be some 2020 movies and we're not going to get to a normal movie theater schedule of when it's supposed to come out for probably 23 I think now maybe who knows who knows mm-hmm. and I imagine a whole lot of stuff's been halted production because it's like they don't know if their box office is there or not yeah um, yeah. So we got another Sony movie really uh, news with Venom slipping from September to October. That that's fine. That was uh, the timeline for the original film three years ago. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, and it probably, and it's more into the spooky season, so it may actually help the box office and possibly rated R. It kind of looks like it's gonna be. So yeah. It might be. I mean, it's it's going to have to compete with. Uh, I think it's open up the same day as Halloween Kills, so it might. Yeah. Be that, yeah. And uh, the last uh, Halloween did surprisingly well theatrically. Yeah. But it's also cheap as hell too to make. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, and it was pretty good. Yeah. This one looks even better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, Venom is now scheduled for October 15th, 2021. As we said before, this might change again. Um, but it was originally scheduled for September 24th or 25th, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. two weeks, who cares? <laughs> it's still that big yeah. deal. Yeah. Here's Cross and stays with the date. I've been mm-hmm. wanting to see it. Yeah. And this is confirmed 3D. They've been not been shy about put, releasing 3D in the trailers and the um, posters, yeah. where other movies have been very shy about putting real 3D or watching it in 3D. So, definitely a 3D movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hopefully it's good in 3D. Yep. So, yeah. It, it's gotten pushed back a couple times. Um, but... Looks like October eighteenth, fifteenth is, yeah. is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. time for sure, and we should be used to date changes by now. Yeah, I'm just glad it's a like a a, a couple week change instead of like us got delayed for uh, a full year. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of over that. Yeah, I'm still, like, I'm still really have a feeling in my gut that we're going to have an avalanche soon that other movies are going to go and once once one big movie goes everything also follows suit so James, James Bond can't afford it anymore so I think that's the, that's going to stick so it's got to be something on the same level as that 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch it. But um, now we also got a new trailer for Venom, which actually I'm getting more excited about. Which I was very not interested in the first movie, um, or I didn't like the movie as much as everyone else did. So really, this, yeah, uh, I did not <laughs> like it. The 3D wasn't great, but such a good movie. Um, yeah, how could you hate Tom Hardy eating a raw lobster sitting in a lobster tank? Yeah, it just it was too cringy for me. But the newest trailer does look good. Um, what are you guys thoughts of the newer trailer? Newest? Yeah, it looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was already told that I was going to see it regardless because I loved the first movie, but. Uh, we got a new trailer for er, the final trailer for the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Looks, well, actually know what it's going to be about now. Yeah, and we got an explanation why they didn't show up in Endgame. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good save. That was pretty clever on their part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Way to go, yeah. Chloe, for directing uh-huh. and writing. <laughs> yeah, and uh. And the deviants looked really interesting. Yeah, I mean, they did I, something interesting with them, and then they we got to see the Eternals. Uh, pow- we got to see some of their powers. Yeah, I I get I I give them credit for addressing it, but I also think it's very weak and lame. Well, you know, we weren't told to protect. You know, whatever. He's a threat to the universe. You should protect, you know. <laughs> no, they were only told if it had to deal with the deviants. So they didn't do anything they didn't have. To and, do. and Thanos was also a. Uh, wasn't he an eternal at point? Yeah, yeah. in the comics, yeah, he's also got. And they keep changing whether he's a deviant or got the deviant gene, but not really a deviant in the comics. Okay. They're not robots. They could change their opinion. And I hope that's part of the movie, why some of them were interested in helping, and maybe we get some scenes behind the scenes that we didn't see or know about. You know, maybe yeah. they helped uh, Doctor Strange get people for the portals or something. You know, who knows? I hope that's in the movie, because I still feel it's a lame excuse for not being helping with half the universe being on the line. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're they're higher beings. I mean, I won't say gods, but they are higher beings with superpowers who probably have people who are mightier than them to mm-hmm. tell them can't do this, even yeah, though you want. They might, and they might just regard humans as ants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they, if they was like, yeah, I came here and I really love these people. I'm like, okay, we're pets to them. Yeah. I'm I'm more interested in it, but I still kind of feel like the tone is weird in this movie. Like, I don't know if I'm excited for it. Well, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be your traditional, like, comic book MCU movie, per se. I mean, like, there's still going to be big CGI fights, of course, yeah, but... Well, uh, the Eternals are, are this kind of trippy cosmic thing, which Kirby was really into in this time period in his career it seems like a subdued guardians of the galaxy where you got one quirky character but then the rest are kind of more serious and you know yeah it does look like they're leaning into kind of the james gunn formula but visually it looks great because i was reading up on it it looks like they hardly used green screen at all i was like 
all shot on location. So hopefully this leads a change into the MCU being not filmed in a studio for the most part. Huh? Because well, the movie looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that the Disney's probably going to start really implementing, they did this for The Mandalorian, and I think other places are, are copying them, like Star Trek, where they have basically a green screen or actual LED screen behind them, and that shows like an environment, so that way they're not playing against a green screen. They're playing, they actually see like an environment there, kind of like how in the olden days they had a matte painting there. Now, they instead, they have a LED screen that shows what is supposed to be in that background, and they've been able to make shots where they're actually, you know, a background, or it's a screen, but you can't really notice that when you're watching it on TV or whatever, but it's it's mixed into the background so well that you actually could get better performances. So maybe it's some of that. I don't think so because this movie was probably made a couple years ago, and it's you know that this movie has been delayed for since because of COVID. So, but that's definitely a new technique that has wasn't around before where they could have actual screens. I mean, I think Star right. Trek: Next Generation had like actual. Um, <laughs> I remember reading about this or hearing about this. I don't know how much of it was true, but they actually had like car- uh, drapes that had the stars. Um, so that way, when they're performing in, you know, uh, like a room, they would actually have the stars back there. So it's not just uh, they didn't have to redo it later in post. They just they actually had a drape with, you know, curtains with stars on it, you know. Well, I mean, that seems cheaper anyway, because I really only noticed like green screen or blue screen elements when they're in the holodeck. Yeah. So, um, I'm more excited for Eternals now, but I'm still hesitant about it because I don't know these characters. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, uh, I think if you're familiar with the comics at all, you're going to be really excited, but if you've never heard of them, you're just going to kind of go, huh? And it also depends on your interest in Chloe as a, as a filmmaker. I mean, I'm interested because Nomadland. Yeah, no, was, yeah, Nomadland was awesome. But like, I just I'm not a huge fan of Angelina Jolie. She's very stiff. I mean, in the trailer, she, I guess she seems okay, but she just as a performer, she's usually fairly stiff seeming. I feel she's uneven. Like some movies, I love her, and some movies, I hate her in. Like Merlin yeah. Interrupted won her Oscar. Great, but like Laura Croft, kind of stiff. Yeah. But I don't even know if she's a major character. I mean, fair. Well, she's one of the Eternals, so we'll see how that. Yeah. You know, how they die or don't die, or, or how that works. If they're going to have them always on screen together, or. I don't know what the plot is. They just said that they're, you know, protecting against the deviants and. We have some screening, some showing of different deviants, but I don't know who those deviants are, so I don't know what's going on. And uh, like I, and, and they're going to be fighting a celestial because it looks like this the snapshot triggered the uh, energy release was enough to uh, uh, birth a celestial. So, because I mean, yeah. the trailer said that's going to be the big thing that they're going to be trying to save Earth from uh, being devoured by uh, a celestial being born. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of hoping 
it would kind of involve X-Men characters. I thought that was going to be like a Galactus. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because Galactus plays in on this ecosystem. Right. I thought that was Galactus in the trailer. Then I got uh, digging around and I'm like, oh, it's not Galactus. So I was kind of hoping maybe it'll introduce X-Men that way, but eh, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it this the the one they showed the same one that was like destroying the planet and Guardians Galaxy with the Power Stone, Power, um, Infinity uh, uh, Gem, whatever. It, 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 it also looked very similar to the one that was in Thor. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the one in Thor is the same one in Guardians Two, mm-hmm. I think it was. Also in uh, was it Infinity War that it showed up in as well. Or in game, so. yeah. Because I know it's been a, a, in the series since at least Thor two. All right, we got one final fun little story here with um, talking about Top Gun Maverick, which I don't know if it's a three D movie or not because Top Gun got re released in three D, and um, I I would definitely be excited for it being three D because I think all those aerial shots would look incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, so many IMAX cameras in the cockpit, so I'm sure a 3D conversion is doable. I mean, they did do Mission Impossible, so maybe I think there's uh, someone that is working on it. I don't know, but uh, Tom Cruise actually wanted to fly a jet, and the Navy <laughs> said no. I mean, he is, he is a trained pilot. I mean. Give kudos to Tom Cruise. He knows how to fly a plane and do an action scene, but can, can we trust him with a half a billion dollar fighter jet? Yeah. I'm like saying, uh, it's, it's one thing having a, a pilot's license. Does he have a license for the, the is he certified for a half a billion dollar jet? Because exactly. I mean, the insurance, I'm sure Paramount would be quaking in their boots if that thing got destroyed and they were on the line for half a billion bucks. Oh, yeah, and Tom Cruise is dead. I mean, not only are movie fans going to be slightly upset, but I'm sure the Church of Scientology will have some words for him, too. Yeah. I give Tom Cruise credit here because he he is willing to go 110% and do his own stunts and do it, you know, fly his own plane and do everything for the movie. And I give him credit as an actor. I know uh, I disagree with him on Scientology and I think he's a little bit crazy, but we're all a little bit crazy. But I definitely respect the hell out of him as an actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not really so much as an actor anymore as he is performer. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of entering Jackie Chan territory now. Yes, uh, but he's not really, I mean, he's a better actor than Jackie Chan, but he's he's not a great actor. He's been good and stuff, but he's never been like, hey. He was was really good in American Made, which, like, made no money. Yeah. Sad. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. Like whenever he does interesting projects, he's usually pretty good, but nobody sees them because they're not Mission Impossible. Exactly. I I just respect the hell that he's you know willing to do the stunts and he, you know he broke you know his leg and he he's oh, yeah. actually like jumped on the jet and done all these things that most actors 
in good conscience are okay to say, Stuntman, do that, not me. <laughs> and he does it. He, he actually well, does I mean, these things. I mean, he also inspires actors in his movies to be like, you could do this live. I got confidence in you. It'll make it look better on the screen. You should do it. And they usually do do it. <laughs> yeah. Like Simon Pegg, he didn't want to be in the car with uh, uh, Tom Cruise whenever he's doing all those car stunts, but he did it anyway, and it makes it look better. And you could tell that it's done in camera. It's not CGI. It's not camera trickery. They yeah, and it's going to look great in 50 years. Yes. I mean, I think Top Gun Maverick will definitely look great because they have a lot of that actual camera work um, in the jets. It's not CG jets, you know. And it's IMAX cameras, and I mean, it could be in 3D because Joseph Kaczynski, who directed it, did Tron Legacy, and it that was a 3D movie, and it looked great, so fingers there's crossed. A, there's a good chance. There's a good chance there, and uh, I... I, you know, the cinematography in the first Top Gun is still beautiful. I saw that maybe a year ago, and I was like, this is actually really well done, and it, it holds up really well, because they actually got the cameras there, and got yeah. really into those uh, those dogfights or whatever, so I'm, I'm interested movie. in this. Photography. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a corny movie, but I, I appreciate it. Um, it's it's kind of creepy seeing him in a romance with Jennifer Connelly in the movie. Uh, at least, assumedly, based on the trailers, but yeah. I'm still okay with it. I got, I mean, like with the movie. All right, we got a listener mail, and that will wrap up the podcast. Uh, this listener mail is from our patron, uh, Mister Bengal Five. He says, "I recently got AMC A list movie subscription where I could go watch three movies per week and no extra charge, including 3D and IMAX for about twenty bucks a month. So far, he's really enjoying it." Have any of y'all had these theater subscriptions before? Uh, which is which subscription is the best theater to do it with? With chain, what's your experience been like? I haven't had any of these. I was interested in in the um, actual movie club, um, but then it went under, and I was like, "Well, that's too good to be true." Um, yeah, and it was. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly while it lasted. Did it actually work for you, though? Like, because I've heard people had so many problems with Movie Club. Or oh, oh, later, yeah. But see, I first got it when it was fifty bucks a month. Yeah, and it I mean, was all the, it was all the three D and IMAX you could go to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good deal for fifty bucks. I mean, I, I went to go see Free Guy, and for concessions and two tickets, it was. 35 bucks yeah now um you know obviously the first subscription service did die but we do have regal and amc and i think cinemark um i i think i had cinemark briefly but that deal sucked I, i i got i think like a free month or something and you get one free movie and you get like 20 percent off concessions and you, you know, I got the free month, and I saw my free movie, and I was like, I don't really care about that much, you know, like the twenty percent off of, but when you get tickets, so you don't have to pay the convenience fee. But yeah, the Cinemark one wasn't that good for me. I, I didn't continue it. Um, Classic Jake, you've had the Regal one, right? Yeah, and I've also had the AMC. Okay, so how what are your expenses with that? Okay, a- okay, AMC is probably the best. The problem is, 
uh, AMC, there was only one in my state, and it's about a 45-minute drive one way. I had to go to Corvallis. And, uh, of the, and then AMC uh, bought uh, the, uh, a, a local theater chain and opened those locations in Oregon and Washington. Thing is, that old theater chain didn't have a 3D deal. So they don't run 3D movies. Only the Corvallis location does. And they're, and they're also now only open three days a week. <laughs> so there was no reason for me to keep AMC A-list. Uh, the Regal plan uh, doesn't include 3D or IMAX. You have to pay service fees and they nickel and dime you with the fees. And plus it's regal presentation. So your mileage may vary. It's gotten better in my experience for regal, but I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the prices are all over the place too. I think regal is cheap, like 20 bucks or something, right? Uh, it depends on your market. Here it's like 25 Yeah, here it's uh, 19 bucks. Yeah, um, I was really interested in the AMC because, you know, back when it originally was coming out, the thing was, the same thing with me is that the closest AMC is 30 miles away, and AMC doesn't always have good times for 3D releases, so it's like, well, it doesn't really work that well for me because am I going to go out of my way for this AMC, one, and two, are these times going to work for me, which for the most part, didn't. So I have gone to the AMC a few times, but for the vast majority of the times, I would go to a Regal or a Cinemark because they're closer and have better times. So that AMC didn't work for me for that purpose. Obviously, I think a lot of people got a lot of problems with the COVID last year, and they're not getting refunded and being like, no, we're not going to do that. You paid for it. And it's like, well, I can't do anything. The, the you know theater was shut down. It's not my fault. And I don't know if there's like a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit about that or, or how they've settled that because a lot of people were pissed. And they're like, I paid, you had to pay like a oh, whole God. year, right? I mean, I know with Cinemark, they had a, you could put your subscription on hold if you wanted to, and then you could just restart it back up. I don't know about AMC or Regal. Uh, and Regal, when they shut down, they shut down the, um, movie thing too and they just kind of froze your contract but once it started back up you were back on your contract the original one is movie pass i'm sorry i said movie club but movie pass was the original one that got this started and they went under because they were all over the place they kept changing the oh, rules they had a uns- yeah they had an unsubstained they decided to go charge 10 bucks a month which was awesome i <laughs> And uh, I use the hell out of it, like everybody I mean, I, else. I, I could understand for the first month, like first month this, and then you could choose from these tiers, but that was unsustainable. They might have been, they probably, it might have worked if they had made it 25 a month. Yeah. Like, I mean, even 50 bucks is a good deal, but I mean, I don't go to the movies as often as, you know, like movie reviewers on YouTube do, so not a great deal for me, but still good yeah i mean i was utilizing it at least three times a week yeah i mean that's fair um 
So, yeah, it just really depends on what movies you're interested in. And if, you know, for us, if the 3D doesn't count, well, then we're screwed because, you know, we want to watch these movies in 3D. And then I think our pa- movie pass originally had like blackout dates and like you couldn't do it on opening day, but you could, do, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you could watch it, but you can't do it on Friday, but you can do it on Saturday. But Saturday is different than Sunday and Sunday has different prices. And oh, it just became too much of a hassle. And, um, yeah. you know, Regal has unlimited and AMC, um, A-list. I think that is actually, you know, I think all and, these uh, plans were kind of predating the pandemic and these oh, plans and are going to stay around. Oh, something I should mention that, uh, movie pass, you could go to fathom events, which is what I mainly used it for. Okay. But, but but the Regal plan and the AMC plan don't include Fathom events. Now, just in case people don't know what a Fathom event is, um, you know, people in the future, other people outside the U.S., these are like times when different studios would re-release the movie um, and have, like right now, they're having Fathom events for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because it's the 50th anniversary. And, you know, sometimes some limited releases will get, you know, a Fathom event where um, I think originally um, the animated movie that came out two years ago, that um, like a lot of anime gets Fathom events too, where they don't know if you yeah, get Yeah, and uh, Leica Studio is getting uh, their stuff re-released uh, as a Fathom event. Yeah, so yet the older movies that came out 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, Citizen Kane is getting, I think, an 80th anniversary release later. Yeah. So these are special event movies, and they only have, like, two or three different days you can watch it, and that's it. And that, that's why it's an event, because if you, you don't watch it on, you know, May 15th, 16th, and 17th. Yeah, the theory is you get to see it on the big screen instead of your TV. Yeah. So you would have a Fathom event for Jurassic Park 3D. That's actually how I watched Jurassic Park 3D for the first time. It was a, a special IMAX event, and Fathom event had you know this or that. So it's those special kind of specialty screenings for special movies. So just in case people don't know. So yeah, it, it, I think the, this is the future. This is how movie studios really you know keep going, is that they have to have these good deals or else people are not going to come back in the big numbers. So they were setting this up before the pandemic. And I think after the pandemic, that is a guarantee. You know, if you pay for the whole year of movie club for AMC, then that's at least a guarantee you paid for already. They have that money in the bank instead of the randomness of movie people. You know, some people watch one or two movies a year in theater and see people will watch them one or two a month. And if they have that guarantee of 500 subscribers that are, you know, paying a hundred dollars a year or whatever, that could be a real good deal for these movies. You know, it's just how that business works. And I think that is definitely the future. All I know is Cinemark's uh, plan better uh, be better because their plan sucks. Yeah. I know uh, there's a, a place called Evo that's near me, and they have a plan too. 
and uh, their plan was just basically the same as the Cinemark, where you be- get discounts on concessions, you get um, a free movie here and there, and you know you don't have to pay the uh, convenience fee to you know. So I never got into that plan either, and they didn't have um, 3D very often. So yeah. AMC is kind of leading the pack there. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how that's going to work out, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also have a uh, discount on concessions with plan, and you also can get. They have special lines, so if it's crowded. They have a quicker line for people who have the A-list. I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, I mean, if I had an AMC theater within two hours, I'd probably yeah. join. But, I mean, I'm not driving three hours just to go to a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, mine's uh, the only one that has 3D is um, a 90-minute trip for me, and uh, and it's not open days I can go. Right. All right. With that, we'll wrap up uh, Dead 3D Show 102. So, yeah, a lot of different interesting news coming up. And uh, we're going to try to keep on doing and going and doing what we can. But it's still rough. And stay protected out there. Stay safe. Uh, this Delta variant is pretty bad. Um, and people that have been vaccinated are still getting hospitalized and die from it. So you're not safe even if you've been vaccinated. Yeah. So be safe out there. Yeah. Yeah, wash your hands. Mask up if you can. Don't lick your fingers. Okay, with that, we'll end the podcast. Bye. 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 Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D, Mr. Bengal5, and Kevin Winter for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email 3D or 2D at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.